Welcome, everyone. We're excited to share some country wisdom with you. King Solomon had a thing or two to say about the path to wisdom. In Proverbs 4, he wrote, Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. Just couldn't wait to bring you out here and show the incredible views of this place here in Oregon. It is beautiful. Have I told you that I'm allergic to every grass known to mankind? Haven't been hearing you sneeze though. Well, I loaded up on my allergy meds and we'll okay. hope, hope for the best here. There is a lot of grass though. It, uh, it's getting to me too. But I brought you out here for a purpose. Okay. Uh, it's a major Nesmith and I want to tell you he was a, a good golfer, probably better than you. Oh, everybody's better than I am. <laughs> but, you know, kind of weekend golfer. He shot about a, a mid-90s. And that's, you know, you, you go out there and you uh, miss a miss a putt or something every hole. But that's still a, a decent weekend golfer. All right. Now, better than me by far. There you go. Now, he basically, here's this situation that's so unique. He laid down his clubs, and he didn't golf for seven years. He came back after seven years. He went on a course... 18 holes, and he shot a 74. <laughs> after strokes. not playing for seven years? After not playing, picking up a club for seven years. 20 strokes better. Now, the key is, I said, he didn't pick up a club. Right. He actually, he was thrown into the Hanoi Hilton in Vietnam. Oh, for those that's of, why he wasn't golfing. That's right. Now, uh, he was thrown into a cage that was about five feet long and four feet high, and he never got out of that cage. Seven years. That, that's unbelievable to me. But here's what he did. He golfed every single day. He played every golf course he'd ever been on. He, he putted everything. He, he was out there. He, he dressed in his clothes, in his golf clothes. And I don't know, probably at that time, they were pretty wild looking. You know, a lot <laughs> of the clothes were. And uh, he, he smelled... He smelled the grass like we are now, although you and I aren't trying to breathe in I'm too I'm trying deep. not to, yeah. Yeah, but he smelled the grass, and, and he, he looked at the views, and he, he uh, smelled the trees, and he, he watched the birds on the pond. He did all those things. And then he swung away. Every single, he, he, he lined up every shot, every single day, and he got better and better and better and better. They couldn't take that away from him. The beatings, the starvation, no matter what it was, they couldn't take any of that from him. So he was playing golf in his head. That's right. Imagining every course, imagining every hole. Even the ones he saw on television. As he'd followed them on television, he remembered those and he played every course he'd actually never been on, but he <laughs> played those. And so in his mind, he was on those courses too. Now, the, the news media ran up to him, everybody sticking mics in his face because they knew this story. This guy, he's emaciated still. It hadn't been that long since he'd been back. He, he's missing teeth because, you know, half the teeth in his head had rotted out. But he wanted but to somebody play golf. tipped off the media that he was back on the golf course? It was a special kind of uh, invitational, and they invited him. And, and he got out there. And it was wonderful. He had such a great time, and he swung away. And like I say, 20 strokes off, but when he'd gone into prison seven years earlier. 
And what they found, and I'm going to be sharing a little bit more later, one psychologist, uh, Dr. Dennis Waitley, who's done a lot of studies. It was, it's amazing what the human mind perceives as real. I have been told that there, well, of course, some human minds can't tell the difference between real and imagination, and, and that's not necessarily good. But the mind is incredible. You know, we talk about mind over matter. Yeah. You know, that saying, everybody knows that saying, mind over matter. But I do know that it really does help uh, what you're thinking about, how positive or negative you are, exactly. actually affects your body. Exactly. Matter of fact, I had somebody one time that I remember reading, they said, if you think you're going to get a cold, you probably will. Now, <laughs> I'm, I'm not promoting that, but it, it's an interesting thought. If you think something's going to happen in your life, it may, because you may actually facilitate that. Your thoughts are feeding it. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's, you know, an interesting text here. Book of Philippians, the last chapter says, um, finally, brethren, He's summing up this whole thing of, about looking up to God, about lifting your thoughts in your mind and, and training for the heavenly kingdom. That's what it's all about. I don't want to stay here. I don't think you do either. No, yeah. not on the golf course anyway. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> even no, this... No, not in this world. Yeah. I think maybe it's just because the older I get, the more you're looking forward to something better. Yeah, yeah, because we know there's better things than what's going on in this life. So much better. Anyway, he went on, he says, uh, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, mentally train in your mind on these things and what's going to happen. Well, there's got to be a reason why God told us to keep those thoughts in your head. You know, and not to be focusing on negative things. Yeah. Negative yeah. events, negative feelings, negative people. Uh, he's saying, keep your mind trained the direction it's supposed to go. And apparently it'll actually help lead you that direction. This is why there's so many positive thought gurus out there in the world uh -huh. teaching positive uh -huh. thoughts and positive reinforcement and everything. Mm -hmm. The Bible is the one that really teaches positive reinforcement about God. It's amazing. Think on these things. Talking Donkey International is a worldwide media production ministry. We have a dream that can become a reality with your financial partnership. You see, Janice has been portraying great women of the Bible to churches and spiritual organizations for years. Now is the time to expand this work. Our goal is to produce a powerful 13-episode series called Women of God, set in a period of Israel during Bible times. The characters will virtually come alive, allowing you to witness how God has always empowered women who are committed to Him. God created a man and a woman to represent Him. It took both. Women have always been an essential part of the Gospel message. With your help, we plan to bring to life the powerful stories of women like Deborah, the warrior and judge, Rahab, and the woman at the well. We also plan to create a series of corresponding Bible studies designed just for women. So please help us create Women of God. The opportunity is now. 
another film group has invited us to join them in Morocco to participate in the filming of the Book of Judges. The studios in Morocco are where many of the great biblical epics are being filmed today. Something that would normally cost us in excess of $300,000 will only cost us team travel, gear, crew expenses, and final editing costs. Total cost will be about $89,000. That's a major saving. I love finding a bargain. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the GoFundMe link is on your screen. Help inspire God's women today. And thank you so much for your prayers and financial support. You know, Janice, I, I just, as I look at that, I think, how could I ever have believed that all of this just happened, that there was no creator? My first thought was it's hard to be in a bad mood when you're in a place like this. Very true. But I've got a feeling, though, somewhere you're going to share with me something <laughs> about that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I said it would be uh, hard to be in a bad mood in a place like this. But, yeah, I laughed because I could probably find a way. <laughs> <laughs> The eternal pessimist, is it? Well, Steve and I have this running argument because he says pessimist, and I'm always saying, no, no, I'm a realist. You know, he's the optimist who it's like, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. You know, and I'm thinking of a thousand ways that this could go wrong. The other day, we were up on the slopes of Mount Shasta. Beautiful up there. But you know what was in the back of my mind? This isn't really... A, a dead volcano. It's actually still alive and and it's like a hundred years overdue to blow up and I'm standing there thinking, yeah, it'd be my luck. <laughs> you know? You're calculating the time, right? Yes. And you, you, so you practice your golf swing in your head, but you're missing every putt. Right, because I have no confidence. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'll probably, you know, on TV, I'm going to blow it. Um, and if I ever did my DNA, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it would come back. You are directly descended from Chicken Little. <laughs> the sky may not be falling, but it could. And it probably will do it as I'm standing here. And this is where it'll fall. You know, I think we, we as humans, though, we miss sometimes that real connection between mind and body. What, you know, what actually transpires, that, that transformation, because... Uh, just as we talked about earlier in, with the, the golf swing and things, we train our minds that affect our whole body, affect everything about oh, us. Oh, and I have, I have a bad way that my mind has been trained. Um, probably part of me was born that way to a, a mother who was very high anxiety. I can't wait. We're going to be doing your testimony here oh, yes. in, in an episode. People need to hear that testimony. But part of it also is just you get in a habit. I, I go immediately to worst case scenario. I go immediately to what if I look stupid here? I, you know, my, my mind is always jumping to what's going to happen if I blow this because I'm probably going to fail. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm the I think I can't, I think I can't. <laughs> and see, we, we've got to get out of that destructive mode. God wants us to move. He said, I want you to be transformed. Matter of fact, let me read you a scripture, Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, because that's the way the world is. Now, the world is pessimistic. The devil wants us pessimistic. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In fact, the world is not only pessimistic, it's attracted to the dark. 
It is because it, I know people who don't believe in God don't see the other side of things, but it is a dark world. It really is. Now, there's a Dr. Caroline Leafs says this in her book, Switch on the Brain. As we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. Think about that. We change the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. I've done that to a certain extent, literally thanks to God, uh, but it's something I still have to work on every day. How do you work on it? Give us a clue. <laughs> Stuff like this helps. When you take the time out of your life, uh, out of the busyness, out of the normal worries, and you read, you know, because you, you come across passages that maybe you've read a hundred times before, but today it hits you in a different way. And it makes you think, oh, that's right. For one thing, I'm not alone. I'm not dependent on my own brain. I'm not dependent on whatever ideas I can come up with today. You're not trapped in your own darkness. No, there's a yeah. way out. Uh, another scripture, 2 Corinthians 10:5, pulling down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. Like I have to literally, consciously pull away from the way my, my mind is going and say, nope, get back here. That's not where you're supposed to go. That's not good for me. Um, I get into trains of thought that just build on each other, and I have to consciously, um, sometimes I have to ask for help. It's like, Lord, get me out of this rut, get me out of this rut, because it's dragging me down. Uh, I wish that I just naturally, that it was such a habit that I always had my mind facing God, and I don't. It's like the dog on the leash that you're dragging back and saying, heal, heal, just always. Uh, what you're saying, you, you train yourself with, with God's help, you, you train yourself to look mm -hmm. a different direction, to pick yeah. out the good stuff rather than the bad. Right. I'm positively the Pollyanna of my family, but that just tells you how bad the rest of them were. No, but, <laughs> so any, anything else? I assume you get into God's Word, you spend time in there mm -hmm. to, that helps that transformation and, process? And I purposely choose people that are what I want to be like. Uh, my mother-in-law used to say with her tennis game, she always chose to play with someone who was a little better than she was because how else was she going to learn and get better? Yeah. Uh, some people might choose to play with someone who's worse so that you look good, but that's not how you grow. And I choose people are going that direction. That's who I need to be like. Yeah, yeah. I, I think about, I kind of look around at some of the rocks and stones and I think about uh, King David. He was an optimist. Oh, I love that story. David was such an optimist. Well, Janice, here's your stream. And, and plenty of stones to choose from because you have to have the stones if yeah. you're going to tell the story of David. Tell us the King David story. You know, David and Goliath, that's one of those, I think even people who'd never been to church, not raised with the Bible, they'll know Noah, Jonah, and the whale and David and Goliath. It's just, it's like one of the big stories of the Bible. Mm -hmm. But what I find so incredible is first of all, he wasn't even grown up yet. He was basically a kid. He wasn't old enough to be out in the army fighting the Philistines. I'm guessing maybe 17 years old or so. Uh, probably less. I think at 17 yeah. he would have been out there. Could have been. Uh, I'm thinking more 14, you know. 
he wasn't bulked up enough to be out with his big brothers. Uh, it was considered, here, you can help by taking them something to eat. And he goes out there, he finds where his brothers are camped. The whole army of Israel is terrified of one guy because the Philistines every day were sending out this guy to talk smack about them and their God. David hears this and it's like, what are you guys doing? Why isn't someone taking care of this? And they're all going, have you seen the size of him? I don't know how big, I think of like Andre the Giant, you know, he was a wrestler mm -hmm. and he was, I don't know how anyone got but, in the ring with someone that size. They say his spear was like 125 pounds, just his spear. Oh, <laughs> and here's David, the pipsqueak who hasn't gotten his growth spurt. Probably so, whole 20, 125 pounds himself. So yeah. he's not out there <laughs> fighting and he goes, I'll take care of him. And you know how you get, you get your blood up if you see someone picking on someone smaller than them? or mm -hmm. on, on your best friend. Someone's giving them trouble, they've got me that's gonna give them trouble. And David said, he's talking about the Lord. Look how he's talking about him. We can't allow this to go on. The key is, where did he get that kind of faith? Well, you know, he'd been out with the sheep. He'd had plenty of hours out in nature, just thinking, talking to God, writing his songs to God. And he'd been practicing. You know, a kid with a slingshot, what's he gonna do? He's out there, the sheep are fine. He's gonna start practicing, not realizing that he was practicing for a real battle. But that wasn't just blind faith. God had already given him the courage to protect his sheep from mountain lions or whatever they called them. It says yeah. lion in the Bible. I don't know what variety and bears. He had already protected his flock and now he was protecting the army of Israel mm. and his God. It was like, God will use me. In more than one case, he had experience, an experiential relationship yeah. with God. Yes, he did. So he, you know, leans down. And I remember, I used to wonder, you know, because I sang that song, Only a Boy Named David, and about five smooth stones. And I used to think, why five? You know, the first shot, that got Goliath right in the middle of his forehead. Did he think he was going to have to fire more times. And then I had someone who said, I guess somewhere else in the Bible, Goliath had brothers. Yeah. yeah. David was not only going, okay, I'm going to take him down. And when his brothers come after me, I'm ready for them too. But it wasn't him. He didn't think, let's see, that he's 400 pounds. I'm, you know, 118. I can do this. It was God in him. That mm -hmm. verse that says, I can do all, I can do anything through Christ. All's pretty inclusive. Yeah, but through Christ. And that's where you found courage too. Yes, and it's stories like that that make me realize I, I don't face any real Goliaths, but we've all had obstacles. I want to I want to stop you just for a quick second, but we all do. There are Goliaths in our lives uh -huh. a little different, but they might seem just as big to us. Oh, they do. And what gives us the strength? What gets us so that we know, okay, I can get through this. It's because we're not alone. Yeah. David wasn't yeah. alone out there. And he had been practicing though. He didn't at that moment have to muster the faith. He didn't at that moment have to reach down deep and find something that he'd never had before or didn't mm -hmm. know he had. He already had been practicing with the slingshot and he'd already learned to rely on God. And the interesting thing is, 
perfect practice we know makes perfect. Not just practicing, but perfect practice. He practiced in God all the time with his friendship, his relationship, you know. I want to take you to a basketball court and share an amazing story with you. Are you uh, going to make me practice basketball? <laughs> well, we can try it out. <laughs> but, but scientifically, the human brain is so amazing. The, the brain functions on a level that maybe we can't hardly even understand, but the Bible talks about it. Think on these things. You know, when we focus on God, God makes an entire transformation in our lives. I can hardly wait to hear what you have to say about basketball and God. Yeah, hey, <laughs> I gotta get a couple stones here too. Just to take home his mementos from the spot. I can't. Here, here. No, those, not those, aren't, those aren't skippers, those are not sinkers. Not working. <laughs> Introducing Talking Donkey International. God once used a donkey to spread his word, but he'd rather use all of us. Our experienced team has preached, taught, and filmed in countries around the globe. In partnership with you, our mission is to share the life-saving love and hope found only in Jesus Christ with everyone in this lost and dying world. Your financial partnership with Talking Donkey will enable this exciting ministry to proclaim that Jesus is coming soon. It's time to prepare quality programming created to attract and reach viewers of the world. Together, we can carry the final Advent message to the individuals of planet Earth and hasten the return of our Lord. Please pray for and support the successful mission of Talking Donkey International. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 tells us that our hearts are hopelessly deceitful and sick. We're all in desperate need of a heart transplant. The good news is that a new heart is available, free of charge with no waiting list. You can have it here and now, simply for the asking. This little pamphlet, A Gift for You, is our free gift to you about God's free gift to all of us, the gift of a new heart. Go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and request offer number 125. A gift for you. Fuck, I quit. <laughs> I quit. I should have quit. Here, I'm going to trade this for... Hey, I'll trade you, brother. All right. Thank you. I'm already tired. I, I haven't gotten any better since I was in high school, and I wasn't very good then. <laughs> you know, it's, it's an interesting game, and... The reason I was thinking about this, have you ever heard of Dr. Dennis Waitley? I'm out of breath. I don't think so. Sports psychology. Guy was amazing. He's written 16 books. He uh, was the chairman of the uh, men's sports for the Olympics. He uh, taught the Apollo astronauts how to uh, get along with stress, you know, all a mental thing. I obviously need to pick up some of his books. Oh, they are good. And, and what he does is pretty incredible stuff in, in sports and really the human mind. He took a basketball team and he asked this team to split up into three parts. 
the first part. They were a professional just, basketball team. They were. They were. I think this group was college, college professional. Um, they basically were split up three parts. The first part says you don't do anything for a month. Nothing. No, no, free, no training. No free throw practice. That was the main thing. We were trying to do free throws. <laughs> free throw practice. And uh, so we could probably maybe do as good as they did with no practice for a month, right? The next group, he said, you guys go and you practice on the court every day. The third group, he said, you go home. You don't practice anywhere except in your mind. You do practice in your mind. At the end of that time. Just visualizing free visualizing, throws. Visualizing free throws. Perfect free throws. There's a key. You know the old saying that perfect or practice makes perfect? No, no, no. Perfect practice makes perfect. And if you're imagining, why imagine imperfect practice, right? I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know. I hadn't thought of it that so way. So you practice perfect. You make every, every throw. There you go, you know. And they brought them all back. The first group, we can guess, they didn't do too well. They hadn't done any practice. The next group brought them back. Yeah, they did pretty good. The third group that had practiced in their home, in their mind, perfect practice, they exceeded everybody. Yeah. Seriously, they were better than the ones who'd been making Seriously. actual free throws. Seriously, because the guys were actually making free throws, they didn't always make them perfectly. But the others, the, the human mind is an amazing tool. It, it programs everything, the neuromuscular responses, it does everything, perfect practice in the mind translates. It's an incredible thing. I wouldn't have believed that. You know, uh, he said, what the mind can conceive, the body will achieve. Think about that. You know, you, you talked earlier about some of the things and your pessimism and different things. Right, when I hear a, a saying like that, what the mind can achieve, I always think, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't really believe that it'll really work. Maybe for you, but it probably wouldn't work for me. Yeah, so just saying that, you've already programmed in the... So I'm already a failure. Yeah, you, you've already programmed <laughs> it in, right? <laughs> Marcus Aurelius, uh, you know, the, the, the Roman, Roman leader. Emperor. Yeah, he General said, uh, our life is what our thoughts make it. Think about that. Our life is what our thoughts make it. And, uh, you know, I think about... We, we talk about these things and the studies and the science, and science really does bear out some amazing things that are found in the Bible. One, one of them that I found is um, Proverbs 17, 22. A merry heart. Doeth good like a medicine. Doeth good like a medicine, yeah. A broken heart dries the bones. I've seen people like that. Scientifically, they've even proven it. Even proven it, you know. The, the mind is such a powerful tool that affects the body. And uh, God, God built us that way. You can't separate mind, body, spirit. Yeah. They yeah. all affect each other. You, you talked about David earlier, you know. Think about David. He picked up the smooth stones, right? He was planning on he could take care of anything through God's power. He wasn't planning on failing. Yeah, there was no failure in his mind. He'd, he'd, and he'd already had practice many places in his mind with God before. He'd, he'd practiced on other, you know, animals attacking his sheep, you know, the whole work. Listen to this one. This is another great one. Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. God wants to renew our mind, doesn't he? Well, he promises he can do it because we can't renew our own brains. That, that we was, can't change our own 
patterns of thinking. That was just what I was going to ask. How? You know, how, how does that happen? You've got to have a mind transplant, right? It's only the Lord in my life that makes me livable. Yeah, yeah. I, you try it. You already said you're the pessimist. I've always been yes. kind of the optimist, but, but whichever way it is, it's got to start with the source outside of us. And God's that source. Philippians 2, let this mind be in you, which was, was in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. We've got to take his mind. We need his mind transplant. And when that happens, all these other things are possible, right? If the good book says so, then you know it has to be true. Absolutely. And science is just finally, finally keeping up with it. it it's, yeah, it's proven over and over. Folks, look, here's the situation. God wants to give you a new heart you a new mind. Maybe, you know, you've been, you've been practicing on your court of life for a long time and you're not making all the baskets. You're not making every shot, but God will enable you to make the shots that you need to make. He'll enable you to do the things that you need to do, right? Yes. He, he, he does that. So today, get into, get into the Word. This is where the mind of God is found, in His Word. I urge you right now to take up this book, study it, pray over it, and ask God to, to fill your mind with His mind. Thank you for watching. Join us again for another exciting country wisdom. See you next time.